We are the men in maroon. One is a Salopian and the other loves a day out in the toon. But both of us are united as jambos. We travel from Edinburgh to Dundee to Glasgow. Daz and the Manus, we are going for a footballing tango. Welcome to the Men in Maroon podcast with Daz and the Manus. Coming up on episode two of the Men in Maroon podcast, there was Don's delight for the jam tarts. We preview the trip to the tangerine half of Tannadice Street this weekend. And Daz and the Manas pick their five-a-side team from the current Hearts squad. Welcome to episode two of the Men in Maroon podcast. Hello again, we're back. Second episode ever. We survived episode one and... Daz, I don't know about you, but uh, I feel like uh, we've hit a milestone, even though it's only been one episode since uh, we properly started. Yeah, since episode one, we broke the 100 followers on Twitter. And also, uh, we've had a very, very good uh, number of listeners. And also, the feedback we've received, it's been amazing. It's definitely, I think if I was I was having a bit of a down, downer at the start, though, it's definitely... Put a smile on my face and oh, same uh, here. I, I, you know, I, I have to say, I think, and I, I, I always tend to tell people that talking is really important, but I think I don't think either of us realize how powerful it truly is until we start getting involved in a project like this. And I'll tell you, I was absolutely delighted after we recorded that first episode, it was absolutely magnificent, and the feedback so far has been generally very positive, which is really really brilliant so well done both of us definitely and uh we've had not it's not just been uh other hearts fans well obviously they're other hearts fans as well but uh guys from other hearts podcasts have been helpful with advice and also yeah, uh yeah. supportive and big shout out to daniel from the perth to paisley post we've had a bit of a laugh with him on twitter yeah. he reached out to us and uh yeah not just don't just listen to our podcast listen to all the Hearts podcasts, we're, we're a big Hearts, Hearts family after all. We have an absolute tons loads of podcasts. So, I mean, you're definitely spoilt for choice if you're a Hearts fan. So count yourself lucky. And, uh, yeah, no, thank you to Daniel uh, for reaching out to us as well and to everyone else who's reached out to us. It's absolutely superb. But I have to say, though, there was one little bit of feedback I got um, before kickoff on Wednesday night, um, which wasn't necessarily negative, but, but I kind of think maybe it's a bit of a... Something I've got to keep in mind, uh, a good friend of mine who sits in the same stand as I do um, basically uh, said to me that I was a little bit too excitable, um, if I've uh, correctly remembered what he said to me. Um, and uh, he knows who he is. I'm not going to name him because if I name him, then you'll probably give me a no the next time he sees me. <laughs> and, uh, he'll say to me, you mentioned my name when you, I never, you never had my permission to and all that kind of thing. But certainly... Um, do tweet us uh, uh, to the person I'm referring to. And uh, when you tweet us, say hello uh, so we can give you a mention the next time. But also, to give, out, of, out of 10, tell me how much you've improved in terms of excitability. Now, I do not expect a 10 because you know what I'm like, guys. Uh, I am a bit loud. Uh, I do laugh quite loud. And that I don't think is going to change anytime soon. So I make a rubbish politician in the fact that I'm not going to make any big promises. But uh, certainly, I'll, uh, I'll try and be a little bit more... 
suppose, grounded. <laughs> but good luck to me on that. I don't think that's going to work out for me. But, uh, but yeah, no, um, that aside, um, general has been really, really good. And, and to be fair, I, I don't think we've really had any negative feedback so far. So, I mean, clearly you and I have done something right. Yeah, we've had, uh, it's, it's been really positive. I think the, I think I said uh, off air that my partner is the only harsh critic I've had and she's, she, she's, <laughs> she's, she's, she's quite a blunt young lady. And uh, yeah, she says that, and she said, she said, uh, Anas is a, is a lot more cheerful than you, isn't he? <laughs> I'm like, all right, thanks. That's something I need to need to obviously sound a little bit more happy. It's a bit but like Simon Cowell from ITV's Pop Idol. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. She'll she'll give you the boot if uh, she doesn't like someone. Or the X Factor. I mean, yeah. because X Factor's run longer than Pop Idol, hasn't it? But we're, we're showing our well, I know about music, <laughs> and we're showing our age again. There, we talked oh, about Anne and Dick and Dick and Dom, and then now we're now we're talking about Pop Idol and X Factor. I don't think we're definitely showing that. That we're, we're a bit wiser than some of us. <laughs> Certainly, I'm not knowledgeable when it comes to musical programs. So, I mean, there we are. I mean, that, that just says it all, really, to be quite honest. But, anywho, or anyway, or whatever that word is, obviously, I don't, obviously I don't choose my words really well. But uh, let's focus on the Aberdeen game on Wednesday. Because it was a good Wednesday night for a change, you know, unlike the last time we played on a Wednesday night when we lost to Dundee in the horrible weather. Um, And uh, we defeated Aberdeen 2-0. Some might say we deserved to win by more goals, but uh, it was especially um, the fact that we were finally back on form uh, last weekend against St Mirren. Uh, And uh, generally uh, speaking, guys, how did you see the 90 minutes? I thought from the get-go, we were dominant from the first from the first challenge, winning the first ball. Uh, I think I've, confidence is definitely back. I think it showed that the determination was there. I thought that obviously the win from Saturday, I think it, it carried over. You could tell the players were enjoying playing the game again. They were enjoying being back at Tyne Castle. Totally different from what, like you said, the last Wednesday night game. It was night and day. It, it what we didn't play that sluggish style of football. Once we got a goal, we didn't sit back on it. We, we kept attacking. It was in, thoroughly enjoyable. Really enjoyed it. Brilliant, brilliant, entertaining game as well. And it, it was one of those nights where you didn't see the usual where people were leaving early. There was the, there was still the odd groans and grumbles, which I'll get to later. But because um, I remember I was messaging you during the game about some of the grumbles, but. I think that might be a weekly thing. Grumbles from the wheat field, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, to be honest, it's not unique to Hearts. You get that everywhere, I think. Yeah. I mean, if, if you were winning 6-7-0 on a game, you'll still have the the odds fan or two just basically saying, oh, but he didn't do this right, he didn't do that right, all that kind of thing. Definitely. <laughs> even though you need to laugh about. Even though, in my opinion, I thought uh, a massively improved game was for Gary Mackay-Steven. I thought he played really well against his former team, but he was getting pelters from guys around me who I just think, like you said, we, we could be winning seven. He could score all seven and they'd still be like, Makai Steven, get him off his pish. And then you're like, I thought, the, I thought he played well. I thought he, he looked a lot more, that word again, confident. Um, him and Boyce did extremely well. I thought they did the dirty work playing like a number 10 role rather than playing the 
out and out strike, which allowed Ellis Sims to put himself about and cause trouble. Uh, in the middle, we kept Scott Brown quiet. We even put him on his ass a couple of times, which uh, I think there's a good photo of when uh, I can't. I think it was Mackay did him for a treat and he fell over. Someone slowed it down and made made a gif of it. It was it was enjoyable. Oh, the the good the good gif eh? yeah that you get on 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 social media and that you can you can use every now and again. Although I I don't really use gifs very often to be quite honest, so uh, I'm not really an expertise on that. But 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 do you not think though, especially in the first fifteen minutes of the game, that there was something a little bit different about our team this time. You know, there was something a bit more ruthless mm-hmm. about this heart side when it came to uh, getting the ball up into the final third and actually having a good go at the goal. Yeah, we didn't seem to want to pass the ball into the net. It was, right, let's get the ball in the box. Let's, we'll get someone on the end of it. Like I mean, Boyce, Boyce went close early on uh, from that showed that getting the ball in the box we're going to create chances and it just takes a rebound from a header and fall at someone's feet and the ruthlessness definitely showed through where we looked as if yeah we want to get an early lead here we want to get an early goal and then just keep dominating I think and it showed uh, even though Aberdeen were in my opinion Aberdeen were pretty poor uh, you can only put you can only beat what's in front of it. It's not it, it's not our fault they were poor, and I think we did a regimented job. And obviously, Robbie had got to get got got on at them. Obviously, saying right, we're back at Tyne Castle. We need to get get fans back on side, and whatever he did worked. I, he certainly did that. But but you were telling me he still got some criticism. Oh yeah, like this will bring me to grumbles from the wheat field. Uh, yeah, he was good. <laughs> It was for the uh, where where Aberdeen had the disallowed goal. It was disallowed. I I was celebrating and was obviously as you do you go the away fans as in because they were celebrating. But there was guy a guy around a couple of guys around me, absolutely berating Robbie like same old rubbish. Nielsen uh, sort it out. Why can you not not defend? Anyone wouldn't believe you were a defender when you were a player. And so I was like, hold on, I, I think our defence is pretty solid. I've not got any Especially issues. Craig Halkett's come back. Yeah, the guy was the a couple of guys around me. They were proper, and then every time after that, there was the slightest mistake. Here we go again, Nielsen. I'm like, oh, hold on, it, 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 he can only do so much from the sideline. It's the players on the pitch. I just think that definitely, as I've heard it on um, other Hearts podcasts, where the, they talk about there's definitely a huge Robbie out presence on social media and. Unfortunately, I think that is finding its way into the stands. Can, can you explain to me, Daz, why is that so? Because because he's he's had a brilliant season. You know, we're, we're way out in front in third place, ahead of the rest of the teams, obviously, apart from Celtic and Rangers who are above us. Uh, and yeah, I know last year that cup exit to Broda was a real disappointment and a big low for everyone. But but why, why are there still a number of fans not wanting Robbie Nielsen in charge? I still think some a bit uh, about how he left after his first time in charge when he oh. went when when he left. I think some people still have that bit of taste in the mouth. And then also, like you said, the cup defeat. A lot of a, a lot of people I've spoken to still go back to that and said, "Oh, he should have gone after that." And I said, like, "Yeah, but it, it, we have our dips. But look what he's done after that. He's rebounded. He's a lot of people are saying, "Oh, we should have minimum be in Europe this season." We we've got to remember we only got promoted. Last season, 
we, we, we for me finishing six and getting a top six finish i would have been really happy with that we i think we're flying we do we're we're doing a lot better than what we what any other pro, newly promoted team does but i think people it's got to be the bitterness of how he left and then that that cup defeat but i don't know if it's just some people like a moan but, but I, th- I think it's just bizarre though to to, to try mm. and point back to the time when he left the first time because i mean a he came back B, he seemed absolutely ecstatic to be back um, after he was at Dundee United. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, okay, the cup exit last year was a real big disappointment. But you've got to remember that last season was a very, very bizarre season for us. You know, we had been demoted from the Premiership. Um, Let's be quite frank, in 2019-20, we were absolutely poor. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have said you've sworn at least twice already on this podcast. I'm just like, oh, I was nearly going to make it a third. But uh, <laughs> and by the way, any if any of you are offended by swearing, um, we're sorry, but we're kind of not sorry either because we're football fans after all. So and, I mean, and we're passionate, and passionate, and and, and do you know what? Actually, going off on a tangent, do you know what makes me laugh? Right, if I'm out on occasion, right now, of course, if there is swearing on television or in radio, uh. Undoubtedly, the right thing to do from a broadcaster's perspective is to apologise and say, "Well, we're very sorry that uh, they're swearing on the air," but but I still laugh as a viewer because 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 you got the mics all around the pitch, yeah, and no doubt you'll pick up some of the fans or even some of the players swearing, and 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 nowadays you kind of expect that now at a football ground. So when you hear the commentator saying, and we'd like to apologise for swearing on the air, I'm, I'm first thing I say when, as a viewer is, for goodness sake, man, that's what they do. That's what you know, players and fans do. They swear. So, I mean, come on. It was but a I lot more... I understand why they do it as well. They have to because you know, they're bound to. It was a lot more prominent uh, when there was no fans in the stadium. You heard the players. Oh, yeah. And- and constantly the commentators and I was just like, right, come on, you, you've apologised once, you just just let it go now because we we know it's going to happen. But you didn't realise how much footballers swear <laughs> on a pitch yeah. Oh, until yeah. that. Oh yeah, it's it's um, definitely not just. Oh, it's definitely for definitely for late night viewing. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> After the watershed, as, as people always say, said, I don't know if they still say it now, but uh, but yeah, no. What what was I talking about before? I see. This is I should I should never have gone off on a tangent there. So we're talking about Robbie Nielsen, and we're talking about you know obviously there are some people who don't really like him, mm-hmm. and and I, I to me I find that just baffling. Now again, don't get me wrong, right? The cup exit to Brora last year was really 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 bad, right? But you've got to remember that was a season. Twenty twenty one was a season where we we had been demoted from the Premiership from the season before. Um, we played really badly in 1920, um, but um, at the same time, you know, we the demotion still felt quite unfair given the circumstances of the situation. And I don't really want to go and revisit all that now because it's all in the past now. Mm-hmm. But but certainly, it was a very strange season being in the championship. And and naturally, when you don't feel as a player or as a manager or as a member of the coaching staff, you're at the the level you deserve to be at which is obviously the top flight for us. And I'm not being arrogant saying that because you know, virtually everybody expects us to be a top flight side all the time. It, your motivation does naturally go down a bit um, because you're playing at a level that you don't expect to play at. Um, and although we did win the second tier last season, 
Um, you know, there's no question there were times probably, you know, no matter what their best intentions were, they probably thought, oh, you know, damn, we shouldn't really be playing in the in this level of football and all that kind of thing. And, and no doubt it will it will demotivate them to some extent. Because, I mean, that's just natural, I think. Not just in football, but in any walk of life. So, yeah, listen, I'm not trying to sweeten the defeat to Bora last year because, and, and some of the poor results we had last season because because they weren't very good and they were very disappointing. But, but you've got to remember in the context of things, we were at a level of football that, frankly, we didn't want to be at. Um, but unfortunately, we were there. We had to just, you know, do our best as best we can to get back to the top flight, which is why it's so especially pleasing that now this season we're not just in a European spot on a European spot at the moment, but we're way out in third place, and that's I hope God willing where we end up uh, this season. I think we I would like to see us get sixty points so yeah. that we can all but be certain that we're there. We're 11 points away now, if I rightly remember what the table was like. So, I mean, you know, clearly, um, you know, we are nearly there. And, and and to finish third this season, you know, and if we can get to at least 60 points um, this season and potentially win the Scottish Cup, as I had expressed my desire for in the first episode, <laughs> um, then that is an absolutely incredible season in the context of things. And surely, surely then, that bitterness about Robbie Nielsen from some quarters should be, if it wasn't invalidated before, surely it has to be invalidated then. Yeah, there's no... I, I, sh- that I'm with you there. Surely then you've got to look at, right, this has been an outstanding achievement this season if we do achieve all that. And you can't, there's, there's no way you can still have a bitterness towards him because that'll be our best finish in a long, long time in the league and Obviously, we've not won the cup since 2012. So, and, and on a human level, I mean, it must annoy Robbie as well. You know, when he gets criticism that's frankly undeserved, because you know, I mean, we're all human. I mean, at the end of the day, criticism has to be fair, doesn't it? I mean, you know, I know not everything's gone right, you know, since he came back, but a lot has gone right. And I mean, you look at where we are now, and um, a lot has gone right. So surely, um, you know. Any unfair criticisms, just that, really. Definitely, definitely, a hundred percent agree. Absolutely, absolutely, and and but of course, if, if any of you listeners disagree, then you know where we are on Twitter. Um, at men in maroon underscore pod, you give us a tweet. Um, and uh, as long as long as you don't try and beat guys in my score in terms of uh, controversial language, then uh, we'll be <laughs> happy to potentially read out your tweet. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd... And, that's that's a good point. I'd like to hear from some from people that are aren't the biggest fans of Robbie just to hear to, just to get an understanding why really yeah. be good. And I wouldn't. I'm not wanting to know it as to get argumentative. And if it's just would be interesting to see from their perspective would be good. Aye, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because we, we we don't want to you know we might Daz and I might agree on some things, but we don't want to you know completely discount or dismiss the other side of the point of view. So at the end of the day, we are interested in hearing what your views are. So do, do tweet us and uh, and, and, and say hello and, and, and tell us what you think, especially if you don't agree with us, because um, uh, that's what makes it a bit more interesting. Um, so, yeah, you're welcome to do that, uh, of course. Uh, but before we um, move the episode on, I think one last thing from the game. Um, 
that two 0 win now leaves us um, in an absolutely, you know, a really, really, really enviable position. Um, and I'm sure many of the other sides in the league envy where we are now. But I guess the key now from this point forward is to keep the wins coming in, um, because the earlier we can get that third place properly secured, the better, especially with the split coming up next month. Yeah, we want to get... I, I would like to be in a position where we're enough points ahead before the split because we're not, we won't have those games against teams that aren't faring so well. We'll, we'll be playing what is meant to be the, the, the best six teams in the league then onwards. Uh, you want to be able to pick up points against teams that are, are low down in the table. Like, for example, the, the Dundee and um, St. Johnston game. We, we need to beat though if we need to we need i think realistically to get three points from all of the games post pre-split would be my ideal scenario and i think that as well surely as 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 a, as the manager robbie will be thinking right let's get maximum points go into the split where we only need one or two wins and then and then you think right we're laughing now we've secured european football yeah, and, and and obviously we don't want to get too nervous before the end of the season because if, if we're still in a in a position that's where where third place is still vulnerable uh, before the end of the season, the nerves will start to set in, and then you know what things are like. Sometimes you make mistakes, and then sometimes you get a bit too frightened about stuff, and then you know, God forbid, we we, we lose games when we shouldn't. So, um, yes, we want to try and you know wrap this up as quickly as possible so that we can have a nice, uh, comfortable end to the season. That's it. That's it. Uh, just want to touch on the game. Obviously, we had goals from uh, John Souter and a bullet header from Stephen Kingsley, who also had, in my opinion, had a brilliant game. Uh, how I he's, love him. How he's not in the Scotland squad beyond me. He's only I, ever had I one don't know what's up. going on there. <laughs> but, but but I have a wee confession I have to make as far as that first goal was concerned. Oh yes, I'm glad you mentioned in this. I did not see it. And what? why did you? Why did you not see it? What What advice did you give last week about uh, having snacks the other, at the, football? The other The other episode that I did when I spoke about going uh, away to the shop um, in within within the stadium, of course. I I don't know what they call it, like a, the cafeteria section, the kiosk, the, the pie um, shop, the pie shop, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is now how it's uh, probably becoming now. Uh, or well known as colloquially, but uh, yeah, no, I I got off my seat um, a few minutes before that halftime whistle. Um, well, actually, not even a few minutes, but some minutes before it, because uh, I wanted to beat the queues. Uh, and um, before I actually bought what I needed to buy to consume, um, I heard the crowd roar. And I thought, oh, that must be good news. And I immediately got my right arm up in the air because I knew we had scored. Because, I mean, I don't think the crowd would be shouting so loud if we had conceded. So clearly it was a goal. Um, and uh, because I was uh, just about to go and buy some food and drink uh, to have, um, I missed the goal. So I, I wasn't able to see it. And uh, and incidentally, the title of the second episode I'm, is... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just stop you because I, I actually have the WhatsApp, WhatsApp conversation that took place during this period, I'm going to quote it. <laughs> right, so uh, it started with me, the goal went in, I just texted and I sent yes, 
To which then I got a reply was, I was just about to order from the kiosk when I heard the crowd roar, another goal missed. And they replied, oh no, it was a screamer as well. To which we got the, this perfect quote is where we got the name for the episode. BBC Albert is for me when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because Scott, Scott Wilson actually told us um, at the stadium that uh, you can see the game on BBC Alba um, straight after the final whistle. Um, and uh, I imagine, imagine you'd have probably been able to see it on the BBC iPlayer. Now, can I just say, while that is the title of the episode, I must confess that I I was too tired to put BBC Alba on when I got home. Oh. But, but 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 keep it. But but nonetheless, nonetheless, it is it is still a hilarious thing. I spontaneously came out with on WhatsApp. So I mean that is now, um, <laughs> I suppose something that I might have to use in the future uh, if if I ever find myself in such a position again where I miss a goal. Uh, so so oh no, Alice, you missed another goal. Huh, BBC Albert is for me then, <laughs> <laughs> or sports scene, or whoever's showing the highlights uh, on the television. Um, so, uh, um, but uh, no, actually, funnily enough. Uh, I first saw the goal from John Suter via our good friend at Jalen Films via the Hub account. So I saw the goal there and uh, oh, I just thought, wow, that is a stunning goal. How did I miss that? And that is not the first time, incidentally, I have missed a goal um, when I've been somewhere else in the, in the stadium, whether it's the toilet or whether it's going to the shop or uh, whatever. Um, so I don't know. Is that maybe a wee trick in my toolbox? Yeah, maybe you need to like just see when we're struggling or just like nothing, whatever we're doing, the ball isn't going to the net. Just, just get out of your seat. You disappear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, half an hour in, we're still not scoring right. I'm going to go and buy something then and I'll just hang around and then suddenly they decide to score and then I miss <laughs> it. And um, you can thank me for that. Uh, and actually, that reminds me. Um, yeah, I'm a wee bit worried about Hearts women at the moment because obviously I support the women's team as well uh, and we can talk about them at length uh, in a future episode, I'm sure. Yep. But um, I missed recent games and they won in my absence. I don't think this season I have ever seen them win in front of my own eyes at the venue. So, And, and unfortunately, um, they didn't win at the weekend against Parfit Thistle. So I'm a little bit concerned that I might be a curse on them. Yeah, you're, but, you're a bad, bad say, omen. Uh, well, I really hope not because we've gotten quite well. Yeah. You know, I mean, right now where I'm sitting, I've got a signed shirt from them. I even got it framed. It's on the wall. It's proudly on the wall. And uh, I look at it every morning when I wake up. Um, and it's I'm really proud of it. Um, but they just aren't winning at the moment in my presence. So I'm like, am I the problem here? <laughs> I really hope not. <laughs> but but they're playing Hamilton on Sunday. Um, so... Um, Are you going? I, I think so, oh, yes. So we're going to lose them. No, no, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they have to win at some point. I mean, I really hope they, they do. And uh, I, I really hope that um, p- perhaps they should just pretend I'm I'm a ghost <laughs> on on Sunday. I should just I'm just not there. Yeah, I'm sitting at the corner of the watching the game, but I'm not actually here. So uh, so go and win. 
<laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm a wee bit worried I'm a bit of a cuff on them, but let's let's hope I'm completely wrong. I'm, I'm probably I'm completely wrong. I mean, it's just probably coincidence. Um, but uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, no. I like I, I think they'll win on Sunday. They're playing Hamilton, and uh, I think Hamilton are bottom of the table, and uh, we've got some distance between ourselves and Hamilton. So I mean, they're bound to win, surely. They're bound to win. Yeah, I want, I want, I want to hear from you that you got to see your first Hearts ladies win. So come on, the, come this, on the jam this season anyway, because um, I, I did follow them when they got promoted to SWPL one, and that was a fantastic time, and they were winning like nearly every week, and it was brilliant. But um, yeah, no, um, Hearts women. If any of the squads listening to this, can you please do me a favour and win on Sunday, please? Just <laughs> please, right? <laughs> and if I, if you ever see me, just pretend I'm a ghost, right? Just pretend I'm not there. Uh, <laughs> and um, and etc 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 et but um, I no please just win right just do it and then at least I can I could I can leave the orium and actually go home with a smile on my face for a change so <laughs> so uh, yeah but uh, there we are um, I know we've talked about Robbie quite a lot yeah but did you hear his uh, post match. Uh, interview on the radio where what was he talked going about on here? There was some chat on social media. He, well, what did he say? On the way home, I was listening. And he basically, it, we all know Robbie doesn't bite his tongue. He doesn't mince his words. He <laughs> yeah, was like, uh, it, it basically came out and said that Lewis Ferguson is a cheat and it was a dive. And uh, he, he didn't hide the fact that he was not happy that uh, Ferguson had got the penalty. And I'm viewing it later. It, I, I can't agree with him anymore. It's uh, it definitely there's no contact, and even from my view, from where I was in, immediately knew it was a dive. So, uh, but then what made it worse on the radio was that um, James McPake was in the studio, and he what, was this the BBC? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Ah, uh-huh, BBC Radio Scotland. I and imagine. he just slammed. He just basically said that Robbie was out of order for his interview and shouldn't be focusing on that. He shouldn't be coming out and saying that uh, players are cheating and whatnot. But, yeah, it caused a bit of a, bit of a hoo-ha on social media. But I was like, that's what I want to hear from my manager. I don't want to hear him saying, oh, it, 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 just not mentioning a talking point like that. It, it, it's right. He it, he wants to fight for his team. He wants to, if a referee's wrong them, if a player's wrong them, then why shouldn't it be highlighted? We shouldn't just be forgetting. And then he was saying, oh, but Lewis Ferguson is a great young player. I was like, yeah, but he cheated. Doesn't matter what a good player. Like, say I'm playing Monopoly. I someone turns around, I steal an extra two hundred from the banker. It's like I might have been a good player. I might have ended up winning, but, but I still but, cheated. But but wasn't there some slight contact though? Like even it, it wasn't the biggest contact. But was there not even some slight contact it, before the penalty was awarded? For me, looking it doesn't. It's, I could. I was trying to find that contact, but I couldn't see it. And the fact that he he goes in and his leg was sticking out. Before, but before the the Hearts player even came near him, it was like, yeah, he was looking for that penalty instantly, and that's what I don't. That's what I've got disliking in uh, modern football is when players look for penalties. I'm not a fan of it. I, I like if you get a penalty, then you've got it because of an error from the other team. I don't like this. Put your leg out to draw the foul. It's, might might just be me, but I'm not a fan of it. Nonetheless. Um... Beyond that point, Craig Gordon gave us a bit of a spectacle afterwards. Beautiful. He, that man is like a brick wall. It's just incredible save. 
absolutely incredible save. And I think his reaction afterwards, he threw the ball straight back out as well. And yep. uh, I, I just thought it was like being at a musical at, mm-hmm. at the theatre. And that's like completely perfectly rehearsed in real. And, and obviously, you know, that save was done in real life. And wow, just he, honestly, Craig Gordon, Scotland's number one, eh? He's what you got. He, he just makes everything look effortlessly easy. Do you know? Do you know something, right? If God willing, Craig Gordon is still alive when he's seventy, I reckon he's going to be in his back garden, saving goals. <laughs> his grandchildren or his children will just be, you know, trying penalty kicks for a laugh in the back garden, and he's going to be like, "Oh, easy, save that, save this, save that, save this." I can just, I can picture it right now. The guy's a machine. He's incredible. Yeah. He's incredible. As I said in the last uh, episode, I believe, he has been our best signing in the last, well, probably I'd say, I'd, I'd maybe even go the entire time I've been a Hearts fan. It's been amazing. Yeah, he's just... Absolutely incredible. The second coming of our... What, what would you call him? Uh, the chosen son of Tyne Castle. The, the, the Prime Minister of Tyne Castle. <laughs> I'd go with that. <laughs> don't, don't tell Anne Budge, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but Maybe. yeah, Craig, Craig Gordon's incredible. I mean, he's just, honestly, he will be 70 years old and still saving these shots in the back garden. Honestly, he's, he's that good. Superb player. He's absolutely insanely good. He really is. He really, really is. Oh, well, what a night that was, Wednesday night. And uh, the weather was behaving itself as well, to an extent, although it was really chilly. Like, oh, it was the stadium. I definitely needed my snack. Oh, I, so did I. Um, and, and actually, on that point, Daz, we've actually got some breaking news just coming in in the last few moments. In fact, I must modify that. It's nearly breaking news. Um, I have seen multiple reports on Twitter from some fans that kebab pies from Pars Foods was served at Tynecastle on Wednesday night. And because we spoke about kebab pies in the opening episode, I am, of course, joined here virtually by our culinary correspondent of the podcast, Daz. Daz. What did you see on Wednesday night as far as the kebab pie front was concerned? Well, I went to... Uh, firstly, I went to go to the Gorgie Fish Bar and the queue was horrendous. So I was like, nah, I'll just chance it and get something at the ground. Went in, went to my usual jaunt, went to go get a pie, looked up and my eyes had to had to take a second look. I thought, are they deceiving me? And I saw kebab pie on a sheet of A4 paper printed and I was like I've got to be dreaming, got to the front said, because because I couldn't believe that, I'm like, can I have two kebab pies please? <laughs> I wish that set you back? Uh, they were 270 a piece, so four, five, 540 uh, but it was phew, the, the best 540 I'd ever spent and the good thing was the chilli sauce was spicier than some mirin chilli sauce, so Oh, but it only got a 9 out of 10 from me this week because, for me, the crust of the pie was a little bit too crispy. <laughs> the crust of wasn't the pie. wasn't flaky. Yeah, just the 9 to 10. Flake. Yeah, just the 9. So it, 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 got, it got a solid 9. But, yeah, t- kebab pies. And hopefully it's like... 
this is how weird and obsessed I've become with these pies. Uh, St Mirren and Partick Thistle now, they're not just pie of the month. They're a mainstay. They're staying on the menu for the foreseeable. Well, whoever runs the culinary, um, the, 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 the food, um, you know, provision at Tynecastle, there you go. Uh, keep the kebab pies in. Um, weirdly, I've not actually had one yet, but I will get to that point eventually. And the next time we're at home at Tynecastle, that's a potential possibility. Um, so, uh, obviously, hopefully, uh, I'll get to witness you eating your first kebab pie then, because uh, we're hoping and surviving to be... in the process. Yeah, we're <laughs> hoping to be sat next to each other for the cup game. So, yeah, absolutely. So, I'm I'm, I'm taking a temporary switch to the Wheatfield stand uh, for the Scottish Cup quarter final. Um, but why? Do tell what happened. What, because what, how did I, this come around? I was too tired to and too lazy to book my actual seat. So, <laughs> it passed. But then I thought, actually, um, if there is a seat next, I just join you anyway, um, just on this one occasion, and see what it's like at the Wakefield stand, and uh, I see how uh, grumpy your fellow fans are around you. (laughs) 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 But uh, I know it'll be a good good chance to link up. So uh, uh, before I uh, get shoved back to the main stand uh, for the Livingston game later this month in the Premiership, Um, but uh, no, I'm sure it'll be a a cracking night um, uh, on Saturday uh, night, uh, a week on Saturday, that is, uh, against St Mirren. 7.45 kickoff, not 3 o'clock. I, you know, Scott, Scott Walsh actually, I think, mentioned this at the final whistle, and I thought, oh, yeah, I nearly forgot about that. I'd, yeah, <laughs> like, I'd forgotten too. I, I presumed it just Saturday's 3 o'clock, and then, yeah, I was the same. I was like, oh, yeah, best write that down on... 7.45. Yeah, put that do, on my do calendar. Think, do you think we might just, though, miss a sellout because it's on BBC Scotland? Yeah, I don't think I don't think we'll sell out. And the time, I think, might put people off on a Saturday. Yeah. Because I think if you've got kids and whatnot, you've been out all day and then the kids will get tired on a Saturday. So it, I think midweek is not as bad because they've obviously just been at school and they've still got that buzz. But, yeah, I think... I always it's good to get the revenue, but then, like you said, it, it can be a detriment when we lose fans in the stadium. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then again, I think the incentive, and I'm not, I'm not being disrespectful here to BBC Scotland. So if anybody's listening, I'm not apologising because I'm not being disrespectful to you, of course. But uh, <laughs> I would much rather be at the stadium than watching it on the television, unless I had no choice but to watch it on TV. Because I mean, there's nothing like being at the stadium. I mean, you can watch it on TV, and it's great, but there's nothing like being at the stadium. You know when you know when we were we had to go back into that, you know these tough restrictions uh, after Christmas. Um, oh, when we missed the Ross County game. Wasn't yeah, it? that was. A, I mean, I watched it on the PPV um, from Hearts TV, and great, great quality product by Hearts TV. Obviously, I'm biased, and we are biased, but but it was really, really, really impressive. But it's no matter how impressive it is, it's nothing like being at the stadium itself. No, no, far from it. I don't. I don't think. I, even as weird as it sounds, even just walking around Gorgie before the game, there's like a little, there's like a hum of excitement and anticipation, and I just love soaking. I do, I like. I wander down uh, around around uh, the road, just soaking up the atmosphere a little bit. I'll go buy like a, something to drink, and I will just wander around, soaking in the buzz. Yeah, it, definitely. It, it, I don't. It, it's just a. It, it just hypes me up a little bit seeing all the fans mulling around and stuff. It's... Definitely, definitely. Especially after when crowds were allowed back at Scottish Games, um, uh, for after we moved beyond level zero of coronavirus restrictions last summer because we missed it so much and we were yep. just not there for a long time. Definitely. And one of, the, one, of the, one of my 
biggest upsets this season was that I missed the uh, Celtic game at home. I didn't make the draw. Oh. It was on my birthday. Oh, I was a, I penciled it in the day. I was like, right, my birthday, I'm going to get to watch Hearts on my birthday. Good day. Instead, I went to watch Airdrie play. <laughs> just to get to a game of football. Yeah. Oh, you're just <laughs> desperate to get back to the ground. Yeah, it was like, right, okay. I'm a bit of a ground hopper, so... I, I like you do to... like grounds, don't you? Yeah, so I was like, right, can't go to Tynecastle. And then after the game, I ended up watching it on my phone. And like you said, it just wasn't the same. And I was jealous and grumpy. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, 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 not actually so. Now, I think, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously I do a day job uh, during the week. And uh, I really cherish my days off when I get to go to Tynecastle and, and St James's Park as well um, because yeah. cause it's a great escape. You need that now, especially at times like this when the world's a horrible place to live in and, uh, you know, there's all sorts of chaos going on and, and, and even, you know, when no matter how much you love your job, right? Because, listen, I mean, the job I do now, I love. You know, I mean, being a journalist is great fun and I know yeah. I'm really good at it and, you know, I can do good things with it. But even when you get to the end of the week, you're tired, you know, you want to, you want a break, you want to get away from your working space and, and, and just get to this football ground and, and just get away because it's an escape. And yeah, I'm sure as, as the episodes build up, we're going to continue to reflect on this a bit more. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely, a, I, I find it hard to explain to non-football fans that I said, right, I forget about reality for two hours, two or three hours. Once I get that on the way. train, on I, I know I'm heading into Edinburgh. It's like, right, okay, I'm not, I'm focused on the game. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm reading uh, previews of the game. I'm reading about the opposition and stuff. And then once you get home, you've still got that buzz of thinking, oh, this happened during that game, and the game. And then Sunday morning, I'm again like, oh, that's it over for another week. Yeah. And then you but, feel a bit low in the, at the start of the week and you're thinking, yeah. oh, you know, I kind of wish the weekend was here. Definitely, definitely. But no, I definitely will be something I think we'll focus on maybe the how football helps with our mental health and definitely. stuff like that. It'll be a definite big big thing to talk about. It was a big lifesaver for me last year, but I'm sure I can explain more as time goes along So, uh, in future episodes of this podcast. Right now, though, um, we are uh, we've taken a lot of time talking about the Aberdeen game and other things as well. But uh, let's now move on to Dundee United this weekend. Second visit to Tynecastle. I was going to say Tynecastle, but it's like oh, we've been there loads of times this season. <laughs> um, but to Tannadice uh, this weekend. Um, last time we were there um, a few months ago, it was a two-nil win to Hearts. Um, I was there in the away end. Uh, Brilliant. Loads of us were there. We made a lot of noise. Uh, Robbie Nielsen said on the Hearts TV interview afterwards that uh, he, he paid tribute to the fans for the, the volume of the noise they were making uh, during the game. So, I mean, the fans' presence was very, very evident. Um, but um, I felt it was one of these games where it was a bit nerve-wracking in the last 10 minutes because we were still 1-0 up. And, uh, you know... But, but you kind of wanted that bit of extra cushion just to secure the victory. And then we finally got there in the end and got the 2-0 win. So uh, I don't know what uh, the game at Tannadice this weekend is going to be like. Um, but uh, Daz, how do you see things going? Uh, I'm going to go right in there with my prediction because you just mentioned that it was 2-0 last time out. I'm going for 2-0 again. A third 2-0 okay. win in uh, three games. And my scorers. 
he's got to get there. He's got to get to five somehow. Uh, Cammy Devlin, I think he's going to be on there every week until he hits five. <laughs> and then I've gone for Liam Boyce just because the way he played on Wednesday, I think he, he had a really workhorse kind of game. I think he'll, uh, without scoring in the last couple of games, I think he'll have that hunger and he'll get his reward. But I think, I think it, again, that even though they are one of the chasing pack to try and chase us for third place, they're still 14 points behind us and we've beaten them convincingly both times we played them this season. I mean, like you said, 2-0 away and then we beat them 5-2 at home in a stupidly convincing win, which I missed because I had family things back home. But um, I think we've got nothing to worry about going to Tandice. I think it'll be a straightforward go in, get the job done, come out with three points. Yeah, I hope so. I hope you're right. Uh, and and I think, given the way we've played in the last two games, I don't see why we can't just go there and get another result uh, like we did last time. I'm going to go 3-0, so I'm a wee Ooh. bit more optimistic in the score prediction this time around. Uh, I'm going, but I'm not, uh, to your disappointment, going to go with Cammy Devlin for a goal. <laughs> but I am a little bit more fearful he might get another booking. Because uh, uh, he is collecting these yellow cards, although I do feel sorry for him. I know he's, uh, uh, you know, some might feel sympathetic for him because obviously, you know, I think there's been times when uh, he's maybe had yellow cards, and you're thinking, well, why did he get yellow cards? Um, but uh, but no, I would I would say my scorers are going to be Ellis Sims, Liam Boyce is going to score a penalty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll say that every single week, I reckon. <laughs> and uh, I think the third goal is going to be a 25 yards volley from. Andy Halliday. Ooh, nice. He's going to come on in the last 20 minutes and he's going to have an audacious game and he's going to think, do you know what? I feel lucky. I'm going to hit a volley and it's going to go in and then we're going to talk about it for the next 20 years. Wow. What? I must have left you stunned there. He thought, 20 years? We're coming out with with bold, bold predictions, it's, it's continuing. <laughs> yeah, which, with no doubt, minds will be totally wrong. <laughs> well, we were both, we were both wrong so last much. week. So, we get the predictions. Hopefully, we do a little bit better this week. Because I didn't get anything. I got the score wrong. I didn't even get one of the scores. So, Did, did, you, did you, what did you say the Aberdeen prediction was going to be? 3 0, Mackay, Boyce, and Devlin. Close, but no cigar. Well, the scoreline anyway, but certainly not close when it came to Barry Mackay not scoring. Although there was one or two moments in that game, I actually thought, oh my goodness, Barry Mackay is going to do it. He's going to so do it. But, uh, he's the assist king. We'll go with that. That's like uh, goals. He's great at that, isn't he? And yeah. uh, certainly he's very, he's good, really good on the ball as well. But I would love to see him get a goal at some stage. So I mean, right. hopefully that will come soon. Um, I think another thing in our favour as well is that oh, it could be in our favour, it could be something that drives them, is that they've only won once in the last five games as well. So we... mm, I mean, I see, yeah, I mean, in a way, I can see why you see it's maybe a favourable thing, favourable thing for us. But at the same time, it could be a wee bit dangerous as well if we're not yeah. careful. Um, so, yeah, I think we've got to be a bit wary of that. And again, this is when our defensive display has to really count. Um, and that's why I think it's no coincidence that since Craig Halkett came back, we've we've not actually conceded uh, a single goal. So, uh, um, so yeah, no, I think certainly he's got a very valuable and important input into that back line. So uh, definitely. Uh, definitely we'll need to see that again at the weekend without a question. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, I, 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 again, that if a win 
comes our way, God willing, this weekend, and that will take us to 52 points in the table, which will see us just eight points off uh, my desired target of 60 points, uh, which means that we would only have to win, I would say, probably three more times. Because if we won three more times, um, you know, after the weekend, take us to... Uh, 61 points so therefore exceeding my target um, and I think it's achievable um, So, but as I say uh, it's going back to what we were saying earlier in the sense that we just want to try and get the business done well before the closing stages of the season definitely 100% I think uh, I, I think the 60 point target I think is, I think we'll do it I think it's 100% achievable I so. yeah I think I think we've got we can do it I've got faith. Absolutely. I think we've got the players. We've we've got them. In my opinion, we've got the manager. I think it's doable. And I imagine Robbie Nielsen will be feeding something similar back to them anyway in training or in the dressing yeah. room. Definitely, hundred percent. He's got to be. He's got. He's got to have a target in mind, a, a safety, a safety net kind of points tally where it's like right. Once we hit that, it's ours. We've got it. But I, I, I would like to think he, he doesn't say right. We've hit sixty. We're guaranteed it. Let's switch off. I'd like no. to see him continue momentum and have a good end to the season. And well, they've got a hope. Scottish Cup to win, so I mean, you know, after Aye. hearing our opening episode, they've got a Scottish Cup to win. So I mean, there's no time to switch off. And Cammy Devlin's not turning off either. He needs to, he needs to find his scoring boots again. It's four goals to go. <laughs> easy, easy. easy. <laughs> good callback to to Big Daddy. There. I love it. We'll see. We'll see how. Um, we'll see how that all goes. Um, I. 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 I, I I have to say, I don't know where I found Easy Easy from, but um, but I think I just heard. Did you say it? Came... Where did you say it came from? Big Daddy. It was an old like uh, British wrestling. It was like they these the crowd used to shout Easy Easy. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'm not even a wrestling fan, so I must have picked it up from a friend who was a wrestling fan. So uh, I'm yeah. impressed. I'm a wrestling fan. I, I love that. I love that show. <laughs> is it BT Sport for you every week? Then is it? Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they show now the WWE, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's maybe a feature for us one day in the future. Maybe talk about. What wrestling character would you be at Tank Castle? Wow. If you were in the ring in front of 20,000 <laughs> fans on a Saturday night at 10.30 in Gorgie. <laughs> Love it. That's for another day, I suppose. Um, oh, yeah, you can see our imaginations are running wild already. <laughs> Not even to reach the end of the second episode. <laughs> Anyway, um, I've broken that rule again about the word anyway, but I don't care. Um, let's We've got a few minutes to go, and in this last few minutes, let's talk about uh, our ideal five-a-side in which Hearts players we would select. Because, Daz, I understand that Cammy Devlin, he's, he's a regular theme on this podcast, right. um, answered one of your questions on a recent video. Yeah, on the Q&A uh... That was on the Hearts Twitter. There, uh, I sent the question asking him what his ideal five-a-side team would be, uh, and yeah, to my surprise, they actually asked it out, and he said that uh, it would cause a bit of a controversy. So we had to watch who he picked. But yeah, it was. A, and then I thought, right, I've asked him. Let's let's see who, who would make our five-a-side team. Can you remind me who did he pick? Because he didn't want to upset. Uh, ben Woodburn. <laughs> made it, yeah, because it's he's one of his good friends. Uh, uh, surprisingly, I thought he would have picked Ben, picked Ben, even me, but he didn't I make it. He did. did you? No, nah, I don't think he did. 
I can't remember now. No, I should have done some better research. Yeah, excuse us. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll put his. That was years ago. This is what this is what the COVID pandemic has done. You know, now yeah. a day feels like a year now. So, like somebody asked me, "What did you do yesterday?" I don't remember. I slept since then. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't remember what happened. I don't even remember what happened an hour ago. So, uh, yeah, it's just uh, that's that's just what life has done in the last two years. But uh, but yeah, but Daz, tell me, who would you pick out of the current squads for your ideal five aside team? Right, my ideal fives, I've gone, it's a little bit obvious, but uh, the brick wall, Craig Gordon in goal. Oh, of course. And then I've gone, rather than a defender, I was toying with this. I was, At first, I'm playing a sweeper, but I didn't know, I was thinking at first to put Craig Gordon as the sweeper. But Why? Because he's, I like how he plays the ball out from the back. He doesn't always do All the right. obvious. Uh, but I went with who I, who I think is a brilliant Player in the sweeper role, I went Craig Halkett because he can pop up with a goal as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, midfield, I'm playing a defender in midfield. I've gone Stephen Kingsley. I can see why. Because he can attack and he's not scared of having a shot from distance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then for creativity in midfield, I've gone Barry Mackay. Oh, good choice. And then uh, I've had to go with striker. I, I, at first, I was, for some reason in my head, and then I forgot the rules of five side. I was like, I'll go Sims because of the, he can be a target man, but I remembered his head height rule. So then I went with Liam Boyce because not only will he get you goals, he'll come back and get the ball and allow Barry Mackay to advance. So yeah, I've got Gordon, Halkett, Kingsley, Mackay and Boyce. I will go Gordon in goals. Mm-hmm. Halkett at the back. Oof. Um, midfield's difficult, actually. I, I'm going to go with Andy Halliday, just because I reckon... <laughs> oh, no. I better be careful what I say here. But I reckon five-a-side, he'll actually do incredibly well in five-a-side. I think... You he'll know, get stuck in, wouldn't he? Oh, he'll get stuck in. He'll be vocal... Uh, and uh, no question that his presence will be very commanding at five side because you've got to remember that the pitch size will also probably be quite different. So I think tactically I'll go with Andy Halliday in the middle. And also just to please a good friend of mine who's a Rangers supporter, his name is Jamie Hare. Uh, hello there to you, Jamie. He'll be pure excited that he's getting a mention on this. Uh, <laughs> but every time Andy Halliday comes up on my timeline, I always think of Jamie. Uh, and I'm like... Okay, like when he said his, his contract extension, uh, I just tweeted Jimmy saying, Oh, I'm too excited about this or something like that. I was <laughs> just delighted. So, uh, yeah, Andy Halliday on that basis. Uh, but no, Andy would be a commanding presence in five aside. Um, up front, I will play two strikers Ooh. Liam Boyce and Ellis Sims. Nice, solid team. Because so, if you've got all that attacking firepower up front, then, well, you know that's that's the way I want to play it. You know, I just want to. I, I, I'm I'm of the Kevin Keegan era, I suppose. Um, you know, defensively a little bit liable, but uh, uh, up front definitely scoring tons and tons and tons of goals. Goals, goals, um, goals. Yeah. So uh, I. So yeah, that's who I'm going to go with. Um, but uh, it's quite audacious for me. But uh, yeah. No, it was good that two good teams. I think both got good strengths. Definitely. I'd like to hear other people's fives teams well so tweet us uh, as we've said at men in maroon underscore pod your five aside team from the current heart squad and uh, yeah it would be interesting to see 
if any of our picks uh, crop up in other people's five-side teams. Yeah, and tweet, 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 tweet your suggestions to us and we'll give it a, a mention next week, uh, the next time we're on. And, yeah. and certainly, um, we'd like to see what variety there is out there. Or maybe perhaps the, 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 the choices people make might be uniform to what uh, you and I have made uh, on this on this episode. So yeah, no, t- tell us what you think. Um, definitely get yourself involved and, and tweet us and tell us who your ideal five side is. What I'll find though, what you'll probably find is, and I found this um, picking my team, it's very, very tough to leave a lot of the players out because obviously you're going from 11 to five players. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even with 11, it's still difficult because there is depth in that team. But, but at five, it's, oh, it's really tricky. Yeah, I was, um, I was, I was toying, I was torn between obviously the sweeper position, but then I also wanted to somehow fit in Peter Haring, and it was, I was like, but who do I take out? And can we have fifteen asides, please? <laughs> that, that, that would definitely be easier on on like a double sized pitch. The biggest game of football in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez, right? Uh, that, that'd be crazy. Uh, but yeah, no. As I say, um, when was the last time you played five a side? Incidentally, wow. Uh, I lived in Dundee, so about six years ago, something. Six years ago, yeah, yeah. I, 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 as part of a course I did recently, uh, we did walking football, and uh, it, I suppose it did kind of feel like five-a-side, except it was nothing like five-a-side, because there was not too many, there, was no, there wasn't enough of us, but I suppose that's probably the last time we did something similar. Uh, five-a-side on its own, though. I mean, that must have been ages ago, I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, like before we end the episode today, uh, let's go back to Tayside, because I know, I've worked in Dundee many a time over the years, and you've obviously lived there, Daz. Yeah. I still cannot get my head round the concept of Dundee United and Dundee not just being in the same city, but being on the absolute same street. Yeah, I wonder what went through the heads, the planning when they were building this, the, the ground, thinking, right, let's just be big rivals, but also be right next to each other. Because there's also, there can be that, obviously, with Hearts and Hibs, if you grew up in a certain area, then that's how you pick your team. But how do you decide? Do you oh, imagine was... Hearts and Hibs being next to each other on the same street? I just couldn't. It'd just be weird. <laughs> like where the school is, Easter Road was on the, where the, where the Tynecastle High School is, it would be. It's just dead weird. Imagine just going, come, peering out the window or like looking out the window to your, your, your rival club and just waving your hand at them and saying, hello! Especially if, you, <laughs> especially if you beat them in the derby a bit. I don't even want to mention Celtic and Rangers because, oh my gosh, if they were on the same street, oh my gosh, that would just be... Yeah, best, be best just, not to think about that. No, I don't think about <laughs> it either. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I love how... I don't know if they still do this these days, but I, I think if I rightly remember... At one time, um, the well, with the Dundee Derby, the team from the opposing side, the away team, would walk, walk to the stadium rather than take a coach or one of these fancy ways of transport. But they would walk to the stadium. Now, that, I think, is mind-blowing, even to I, this day. I believe they still do, because I swear the last time I watched one on the TV that they showed that pre-match, that they walked... With yeah, you saw them with like their their wash bags and stuff, walking to the ground. Yeah, that's incredible. I I find that I mean, imagine the atmosphere. It'll be fever pitch. I've been Panavik to one Street in Dundee. I've been to one Dundee derby when I lived there, and yeah, it was 
mental. It, it, compared to when I went to other games and the atmosphere, it was all right. But that day, it was like, okay, this is now, now I get it. And outside, it was like I said, it was like just the, the a mass of the colours, but most people just coming from the house. It's like I was saying to a friend, what do you do if you're born one, live on one side of the street, you support one team and one the other? And he was like, not really. He's like, I, I was like, how does it work? And he's like, I've never actually thought about it. <laughs> I've never thought, well, how do you pick out of the two? I would love to see one time, just, I would love to see this, just out of my own mildest imagination, them, the opposing teams, or whoever's going to the, the ground, get bagpiped in, and they shut <laughs> the whole road, and then they just play the bagpipes going all the way down to the stadium. <laughs> just like just like the Edinburgh military tattoo. <laughs> oh, that needs to happen. If anyone is, is, is any good, I'm not the best at it, but like if they can edit it so that we can make that look like it happened, if someone could find a clip, just put a put a piper at the front of the front of the place. They should just never mind that. They should just do it in real life the next time they play a derby. Yeah, just, 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 you know, get a bagpiper, uh, shut the streets, uh, the police will look after you, and then you can just walk down, and then just, uh, it's a lovely festival, and then all of the, you know, the, the how pleasant that is, etc. You know, the fan, both fans will appreciate it, I'm sure, and then the hostilities can start when the first <laughs> whistle gets blown at kickoff. So. <laughs> you know? oh, imagine being a Hollywood director and actually directing such a movie like that. That would just be incredible. The, the Dundee Derby. Uh, the Dundee coming, Derby. Coming to theatres. Yeah, March the twenty first. <laughs> <laughs> that was completely random date, I know, but uh, there we are. And uh, on that note, uh, before I go any further, uh, that is the second episode of the Men in Maroon podcast with Daz and the Manus. Uh, quick post-match comments, Daz. How did you find episode two of uh, our own mini season? I suppose. Enjoyed it. Good laughs. And hopefully that comes across to people listening that we're enjoying it, and hopefully uh, it gives the people that are listening a bit of enjoyment and a bit of a bit of an escape and a bit of a release. Absolutely, definitely, absolutely, and yeah, no, don't don't be shy in terms of uh, your feedback, positive, neutral, or negative. Uh, you know where we are on Twitter at Men in Maroon underscore Pod, uh, and uh, we will make sure that uh, we keep building the momentum of this podcast and uh, come on regularly to chat uh, and to give you, as Daz was saying, that escape that you so desire. And uh, yeah, we all desire that escape, especially uh, from what is a ever more uncertain world that we all live in, uh, unfortunately. But um, yeah, listen, we're here to give you the antidote to some extent. And obviously not a medical one, but uh, certainly, um, certainly, Cognitive, in the, in the most colloquial sense, most informal sense, an antidote just so that your mind is completely sidetracked and you're thinking about nicer things such as hearts playing football. And us talking about Tannadice Street and Dundee, but it's a completely <laughs> different matter altogether. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I still, I still love that. It's absolutely incredible that. But that's it from us uh, for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you for your support. And uh, if you haven't actually followed us on Twitter yet, then please do so uh, at men in maroon underscore pod. Uh, we're already at, uh, was it around about 130 uh, yeah, followers yeah. that we have so far? Yeah. Fantastic. That's really amazing. So keep, keep building that up because there's a lot of potential for that to grow. Uh, and uh, we'll keep uh, bringing in the podcasts, uh, bringing in the podcasts rather. 
every now and again and uh, as regularly as we possibly can. And uh, all the best of luck to Hearts of Midlovian at the Dundee United game. Hopefully, God willing, they will get a nice, big, lovely win and a clean sheet at Tanadice. And also the best of wishes, especially to Hearts women who play Hamilton in SWPL win on Sunday. Please win. Please don't deliberately lose. (laughs) I'm going to get get around for that when I go into the audio on Sunday. uh, Certainly, please, please win. And I'm sure they can. I'm absolutely sure they can. And I'll be especially delighted for them as well as the team strive to establish their position in the top tier of Scottish women's football. Daz, it's been a pleasure as always. And to the listeners, it's been a pleasure having your company as well. So from myself, Thank you very much for tuning in and we'll chat to you the next time. We'll indeed. Thank you very much. Uh, just a, a quick one when we finish. Uh, at the moment, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor and also on FanHub. And if there's any other podcast services that you like to use, let us know and I will get working on uploading it so that it makes it easier and more accessible for the fans. We want to be everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. thank you very much indeed thanks for tuning in take care bye bye bye